trace how one bad pass, a missed tackle, a fluffed corner, a reckless clearance or an untrapped ball could, after seven, ten, fifteen further moves, be responsible for a crucial goal. It was, I suppose, a version of that old trope about a butterfly flapping its wings and causing a hurricane, albeit somewhat more prosaic. But I got the drift. The most insignificant event can have momentous consequences down the line. It had some relevance to the way the dominoes had fallen in my life. At least, I have come to think of them as toppling dominoes when... In fact, it was a pile-up of unrelated events that only in hindsight appeared to display some sort of logic. It was an attack of cystitis, of all things, that got me my dream assignment, that sent me on my way to America, far from home. It was everyday female biology that brought my daughter back from her friend's house that day. And it was a can of baked beans that killed my husband. Ocean spray giveth, Heinz taketh away. That was the beginning of the sequence of events that led us here, to a crepuscular subterranean garage. It's not fair, but neither, so they tell me, is football. I can hear voices now echoing down the enormous lift shaft that will bring the men to us. Then the whoosh of air, the ding of a bell, a muffled warning, doors closing, the soft whir of very expensive, very well-maintained machinery with its own power supply as the industrial-sized lift descends. They are coming. Chapter 2 20 Months Earlier Like most people on The Circuit, the ad hoc and often fractious fellowship of personal protection officers worldwide, I am very good at packing. I take a modular approach, with the commonest essentials already encased in plastic sleeves in my wardrobe to be laid into the suitcase in the appropriate order, and there is always a ready-to-go pack, too, filled with the tools of my trade. Spare batteries, travel plug, solar charger, camera, lightweight jackets, wash kit, broad-spectrum antibiotics, a supply of various currencies, nylon jacket, and a first-aid kit with hemostatic packs. This time, though, the packing seemed to be getting away from me. When I had first tossed the Toomey suitcase on the bed and unzipped it, the inside had seemed cavernous. Now, after placing in the jeans, day and evening dresses, and the one-piece Chloe jumpsuit, what Paul called my mission-impossible-to-get-into outfit, it seemed to be imploding, like something out of Stephen Hawking's imagination. The black hole of the interior was definitely shrinking, I'm going to need a bigger suitcase, I shouted, looking at the pile of clothes still on the bed. I don't usually bother with hold luggage when I'm flying and working, but at least two of the travelling party were putting suitcases in the belly of the beast, and that removed any advantage of carry-on. What have you got? 
I turned to look at Paul, my husband, who was pulling on a waxed cotton jacket over a shirt and jeans. What's this? Dress down Tuesday? I asked. He shrugged and smiled, his eyes crinkling. On me, those lines just looked like age. On him, they looked cute. He was more than ten years older than me. He could see the forces of fifty massing on the hills for an attack, and his hair was now evenly balanced between dark and grey, but I couldn't help feeling that, by some freak of nature, I was busy catching up with him. How much have you got on? he repeated. One reception, one lunch, two dinners, I recited. Two cocktail parties and a fundraiser, plus two TV shows and a radio. Dressy was the word that came down.